Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. David Cobb writes about college football and college basketball for CBS Sports. You can follow him on Twitter on X at David W. Cobb. Cobb is the winner of Tulane Memphis going to wake up on Sunday, despite the game that being Friday, but is that going to be the head? Is that going to be the the team that's in the driver's seat for the New Year's Six birth? Wow, I mean, I hadn't even really thought about it. So we've got that's- we've got here are the games that would matter. Wyoming goes to Air Force, so Wyoming could maybe play their way out at that point. Air Force, if they won, would still be alive. I don't know how you would flip it. It always feels to me like the Mountain West is probably like their champions always going to have two loss. Then Wyoming has to go to Boise next week. There's a chance where the Mountain West has started the the Pac-12 approach, which is start eating yourself. Uh, the Mountain West, it feels like, is a better with better teams. But if Memphis or Tulane can withstand the storm, then they'll be better positioned. Even if the AAC, which I mean, it's not a worse league than the Mountain West. But that doesn't mean it can't produce a singular better team. And uh, you're probably right. I mean, winner, winner of Memphis Tulane in, in the driver's seat of that conference for sure. And then I guess I guess we'll see. I mean, Fresno State, I feel like, is still uh, – but their loss to Wyoming doesn't, hurt, uh, doesn't help, that's for sure. Do you agree with the metrics? So the metrics still show that SMU has the best chance of winning the league. Now, when you look at SMU's losses – no shame in the Oklahoma loss. They were super competitive. Like, the final score was worse, but they were that was a one-score game in the fourth quarter against Oklahoma. Mm. TCU, they had so many turnovers that just never let – like, they couldn't hang in the game. But it was – I don't know, it finished like on a two-score game, something along those lines. But it was really the turnovers. But the metrics still love SMU. Love yeah, them. I, yes. Yeah, FP, yeah, they're the highest-rated uh, AAC team in the FPI. I mean, they're a classic computer tricker team, right? Like the they, the Ken Palm darling. We see it more yeah. in college basketball than we do in, in football, but yeah, yeah, they're they're like Gonzaga. They they run a fun offense. They score some points. Their strength of schedule, right? It, I, I don't know to what extent strength of schedule is a part of the FPI equation, but they've played good teams, so that drives up uh, their metrics uh, to a certain extent as well, and. Uh, I don't know that I buy it. I just feel like there's an infatuation there with Rhett Lashley that is founded on nothing other than blind hope and a guy who's worked for some other good coaches before. Um, so that's 
where I'm at there. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that uh, Memphis or Tulane are, are head and shoulders better than SMU, uh, but I definitely don't feel like like SMU is significantly better than either of those teams. So uh, that that's kind of where we're at in the AAC. But I well, will say, well, here's I, David. Before you answer completely, I want to give you these stats and I want to hear your thoughts on these with in relation to this because I looked at them. I have a column up at commercialpeel.com, um, kind of about. Uh, we're starting to see the the truth. Like we we all predicted what the effects the new membership would have on the AAC. Now we're starting to see like some actual results filtered in. So last year, the AAC, if you went by the FPI, the top half there's 133 team FBS teams, teams that finished in the top half of the FPI and from the AAC, there were seven of them that finished within, like, the top 65, essentially, of FPI. As of right now, through five games or whatever, five, six games, um, there are three teams in the AAC that wow. rank that in that, that, Yikes. in that top half of the FBS, if you will. It's SMU, Tulane, and Memphis. That's it. Hey, Do we lose you, David? AAC teams who escaped the bottom 25. So some good news to counter your bad news there, Mark, like UAB finally got a win. Mm-hmm. They got out of the, out of the bottom 25. So there's only like, three. yeah, but when UAB well, I'm going to be honest, but here's the deal. When UAB gets a win, do you just have to replace whoever they beat? I'm going to well, be honest. If you go by the FBI, UAB ain't the problem this year for the AAC. UAB <laughs> is fifth in the FBI cool. in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, their FBI ranking amongst AAC teams. Temple's 126, dragging up the rear. North Texas is at 122. Navy's at 116. Charlotte's at 104. USF's at 102. FAU's at 100. Tulsa's at 99. Rice is at 98. ECU is at 93. UAB's 92. UTSA's 78. Two-thirds of of the league are outside of the top 80. And part of the problem is that a lot, a lot of those teams you just named are, are teams that were in the AAC before. So it's yeah. not even like it's the new guys from Conference USA who no, are. Only North Texas has really, you know, crapped the bed, so to speak, in yeah, terms of the FBI. A, UTSA also. UTSA was expected to be good, and they're not good. That, that has hurt the AAC quite a bit. And if you look around the country, though, it's not just the AAC. As we discussed with the Mountain West, and you look at the Sun Belt even – you see Coastal and App playing last night, and they both already have multiple losses uh, in early to mid-October. So Group of Five football as a whole has suffered with the departures of Houston and Cincinnati and UCF. Like, that's just, that's just the reality. It doesn't mean it has to be permanent uh, because, I mean, it sounds like moving forward, at least for the two-year period, we're going to get an automatic qualifier from the Group of Five. And the group of five may also get Oregon State and Washington State. That that would be a pretty nice boost because those are good programs who, if they're in the Mountain West, would be likely the best teams in that conference. Uh, or if they end up in a Pac-12 that's revamped or whatever, either, either however it shakes out, those two teams will help the group of five ranks whenever they're officially kind of part of that a, a part of that that side of things. Interesting. Yeah, it's. I, I, I'll be curious to see how it all shakes out after this weekend. My my suspicion is certainly if Wyoming beats Air Force, they will be ranked ahead of either Tulane yeah. or Memphis. 
I think, in terms of or viewed as ahead of them in in the group in the group of five situation. Because again, I don't think the Mountain West and Sun Belt are any different, honestly, than most years. The AAC, I think, is we're seeing as I laid out those numbers to you. I think is has really taken a step back, um, unfortunately. But do you do you think the Mountain West and yeah, the Sun Belt? It's interesting because. Like Jam, you can't even go to a bowl game. Um, but do you think the Mountain West will eat itself ultimately? Yeah, I mean, we're, like, that Fresno State Wyoming game is a perfect example of it already. Uh, and, and those, you know, it's the college football playoff rankings that determine right which the, yes. who the best group of five team is. And then, so and then, if no one is ranked in the top twenty-five, the committee will pick a team ultimately. Yeah. Right. But they'll they they rank one. They'll rank they'll one of them twenty five yeah. if they need to. Yeah, yeah. So then it ultimately becomes how, how does the strength of schedule in the Mountain West sort of stack up against the AAC? Because if you have a three loss Mountain West champion with a couple of good wins on their resume, uh, does that team then have a, a higher ranking than a two loss AAC champion? And all those bad teams that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the AAC, they drag the league down. I mean, it's no yeah. different than when we talk about all this stuff with basketball in February. So the collective profile of the conference matters. And to be honest, AAC had a pretty terrible non-conference run of it. You know, very few uh, victories of note uh, to hang to hang their hat on. Whereas yeah. the Mountain West, eh, they at least got a, uh, picked off a few of the big boys, right? And, and yeah. those uh, Wyoming over. Texas Tech results, right? Like those yeah. types of and, Wy- and Wyoming was respectable against Texas. Now, granted, that was like sleepy Texas after they'd beaten Alabama, but they were respectable. Right. I, I would yeah. say for the AAC, the college football playoff committee slash NCAA basketball committee, like it is going to be really important for the AAC moving forward to have like a better than expected showing with both of those. Like it, it's going to be fascinating to see how they rate them essentially because that's going to – There's going to be something of a precedent set, I think, this season because there's been enough of a change in the makeup of the AAC that, like, you know, like whatever preconceived notions you have, there's been enough change that I don't think they're going to necessarily lean on those like maybe they have in past years. Yeah, I also think the drop-off for the AAC is more significant in football uh, than in basketball. And I realize how good Houston is at basketball. However, Cincinnati – as of late, hadn't been doing much. UCF, I mean, losing them, what does that do? I mean, right, that doesn't hurt you at all. Uh, you add FAU. North Texas has been a good program. Memphis is in a, a period right now where it has cycled up. Uh, and Memphis is scheduling non-conference-wise and basketball yeah. like like crazy. So, yeah. And UAB is uh, a solid basketball program. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, – it, it, you're, you're probably right it's better in basketball than it is football, but – uh, we may be getting ahead of ourselves. There is a big game on Friday night uh, in terms of uh, in terms of Memphis and Tulane, and it depends how that shakes out ultimately. What do you make of uh, that matchup? I, I think I've said I think it's the big. It's to me, it's, it's the biggest Memphis football game since the Cotton Bowl. I think. Wow. Yeah. That. that I mean, that's probably true. I mean, Memphis to be. You know what? Are they, what are they? Five and one right now. Yes. Or at least yeah. Four. I mean, that's, Four and one, four and one, four and one. Let me see. One, one. two, three, four. Yes, four and one. Yeah, and, and Tulane is the reigning uh, Cotton Bowl champions. I mean, you're probably right. It is, it is the biggest matchup for the program since then. 
I mean, I like Memphis's chances. To me, it feels like Memphis is getting the breaks this season that it didn't get early on in Ryan Silverfield's tenure. And I think part of that comes with experience and familiarity. Seth Hennigan now being a veteran quarterback. Some more playmakers emerging. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Antonio Gibson is out there or Tony Pollard on this team, but like O'Rock Taylor and some of these guys are, are starting to give them some of that pop offensively that it felt like they had been missing really since the end of Norvell's tenure. So, I mean, and this is just how things go when you, when you make a coaching change. It's, it's probably no coincidence that Florida State is just now really starting to pop because yeah. it takes a couple of years. And Ryan Silverfield had not been a head coach before. And I don't know that they are just, like, astronomically more talented or better than they were earlier in his tenure, but he's more comfortable. Hennigan's a vet, and it feels like a spot where they could slash should win uh, against a two-lane team that is just not quite what it was last season when it had, you know, Tajay Spears. All right, I want to switch gears with you a little bit. Is this a weird game for Tennessee? You've got A&M coming in off the loss to, to Alabama in which – Jimbo just absolutely coached his way to a loss. Credit to Alabama. They did, like, I do think Alabama's figured out what they are. It's like, run the ball in deep shots. Don't do anything else. Like, that's right. that's what we are. And then play extremely good defense, which they very much do. But A&M is pretty good against the run. And with Tennessee, like, starting to find their form, it's largely been getting the ground game going. Is this, like, a weird matchup for them? It's a, it's a really compelling matchup. In fact, uh, I will be in the Neyland press box for the first time in five years mm. uh, for this game. Did they, so, did they leave your seat? Yeah. I, I doubt it, yeah. Uh, in fact, if, if my call drops, it's because I'm on the way now. But, uh, no, it, it's a great matchup because, like you mentioned, A&M has been really, really good against stopping the run. That's what Tennessee does best. And then where A&M has been weak is defending the pass. And that's kind of where, like, Tennessee needs to take a step forward yeah. is, is with the downfield passing game. I mean, we are five games into the season now for Tennessee. They have eight completed passes of over 25 yards. Uh, they had over 30 last season. Uh, and, you know, with Hendon Hooker only playing 11 games. So, like, like, Hooker was hitting the deep shot at a far greater clip than Joe Milton is. But giving up the deep shot is kind of what Texas A&M did against Alabama and did against Miami, and it's why they have two losses. So can Tennessee capitalize on that weakness? And then both these teams, uh, ironically, along with USC, uh, are the top three in, in, in the Power Five ranks in terms of tackles for loss. So you're going to see a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. You're going to see uh, some tackles for loss and some good play from the front seven. So – I think it's a, a, a toss-up almost. I mean, that's kind of how Vegas sees it. In fact, I would even go, like, money line on it and maybe in favor of Tennessee, even though they're like a three- or a three-and-a-half-point favorite because it's just going to be that close. And uh, I kind of give the edge to uh, Tennessee because Neyland should be in, in rare form. Uh, and the fact is, you know, Texas A&M has never played in front of a, a Neyland Stadium at capacity. Because they were there in 2020, but there was only a quarter of the uh, the capacity. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see to see how that dynamic works out. But it's a I love the matchup. I think it's a really interesting matchup. Which underdog would you rather have on the money line this week? Oregon at Washington or USC at Notre Dame? Oh, Notre Dame's a slight favorite, is it not? Yeah, it's, it's two and a half. They are at home. I mean, basically, what they're saying is, I guess maybe it'd be a, a pick 'em. Slash maybe one point on a neutral, but they they have made Notre Dame a favorite. 
I'll lean USC in that game. I think that the fact that Notre Dame is a favorite is an overreaction to USC's really, really poor defense. And It's like, did y'all watch the Louisville game either? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that was – I mean, Louisville in year one under Jeff Brom just like straight up manhandled this Notre Dame team that we've been lauding for its toughness. I mean, estimate behind that vaunted Notre Dame offensive line – could not get anything going on the ground. And so if there's any situation where USC's defense could get right, like this is it, because you know they're actually going to be up for this game, right? Yeah. And like how amped up has USC been for anyone on their schedule to this point? I mean, the schedule's been garbage. So now you go and play Notre Dame. I think, I think Lincoln Riley will have their attention this week, and uh, I would lean Trojans. If you, if you had somebody truly on upset alert, who would it be this week? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not easy when you look at some of the yeah. cupcake opponents that the top-ranked teams play. I've just been so unimpressed, though, with Ohio State. I mean, even in the win over Notre Dame, I was unimpressed with Ohio State. I, I just Ohio State think, dreams do go to die in West Lafayette. Yeah, I, I, and Purdue's record is 2-4, and four, but it's sneaky. Like, they're not as bad as their record suggests. It's year one under new regime. They lost Brom. Like, Ryan Walters is finding his way. Uh, but I think you could have a, a moment. Like, I think there's going to be a moment at some point this season where, where Purdue does something. I don't know if it's, if it's against Ohio State. But of, like, the top-ranked teams uh, this week, I, I certainly think that, that Purdue has a better shot against Ohio State than, than, uh, than Indiana does against Michigan or than – Vanderbilt big noon. It's game. a big noon month. It's a big noon kickoff game too. Yeah, so that means we'll have Gus Johnson, um, you know, just really like screaming at us if uh, if Purdue does anything there. Well, he's got to save his voice for whenever he inevitably goes back to do a Colorado game. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cobb, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, David. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.